Welcome to My Safety Tech Podcast with me, your host, Pete Thomas. In this episode, I interview Andy Spence, Joint Managing Director at Britannia Fire. When I think about innovation in our industry, the first thing that sprang to mind was the P50 fire extinguisher. I'm really excited to speak to Andy and learn about the challenges he's faced when trying to launch a new and perhaps unfamiliar product in a highly regulated industry. I guess it's probably good for you to introduce P50. Yeah, no. So it was, I mean, people still say it's a relatively new product, but, you know, we've been on the market now since 2010, 2011. So it's it's a huge journey in, in that length of time. We have had the naysayers, as we affectionately call them, people objecting to the to the innovation, um, which I find amazing. You know, if you look at, look at our industries as the fire industry in, in whole, you've got the fire alarm sector who embrace innovation and we've got new self-testing uh, smoke detectors come into the marketplace and they really embrace the innovation. I think it's fantastic and, and they, they, they spend a lot of money on R&D. And then you get the fire extinguisher world, they just hate it with a passion um, and don't want to embrace it at all. And that's probably because you know they, they have a, a very lucrative business when it comes to servicing and maintaining fire extinguishers. So, and, and that's all we put it down to. As, as you know, we have had a, a difficult journey at times. We've been reported to the health and safety executive. We've been reported to training standards. We've been reported to advertising standards agency. All these things. And, and, and nobody's found anything that have done anything wrong. We've had a pat on the back from the HSE, said it's a great product, which was really nice. And the advertising standards agency, again, we agreed to change our advertising slightly, the wording of, of which was that we were saying that the the P50 was a service-free fire extinguisher. But because it has to have an overall at 10 years, they're saying, well, that's a service. And so we're, okay, we, we say it's, it's a no annual service required. But yeah, it's just, it's been so frustrating, really has. For anyone listening, what is the P50, first of all? Yeah, it's a, it's a composite fire extinguisher. So it's made of composite materials. We have a high-density polyethylene bottle, which we blow mold at our factory in Norfolk. We then wrap it in Kevlar to give it its strength, so we make it nearly twice as strong as steel. And then we give a, an outer HDP shell on the on the outer body as well to make it look more like a fire extinguisher, so it makes it lighter, it's easy to operate, handle, and and so on and so forth. But it's just modern materials brought into this uh, fire into the fire extinguisher world. But what what that does, of course, is stop any corrosion either internally or externally. So, and that's the main reason you service a fire extinguisher to check that the pressure vessels has got no corrosion or any damage or uh, dents and so on. So, the composite material is far more robust. Equally, is there's no corrosion, so it's, it's a it's a great all rounder because that allows you to then not have to have an annual maintenance. Uh, sorry, an annual service. We still have to have a maintenance check, which is done in-house by staff members, but you don't need an external company coming in and, and checking them for you, which is huge cost saving. You know, we saved Heathrow over a million pounds just by swapping to these products for them. It's unbelievable that you saw a market that if we think of fire extinguishers, how huge that market is globally. I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, Andy, because you, you probably won't know, but how big is that market globally? Do you know? 
Um, I don't know globally, but in the in the UK, there are four million fire extinguishers sold every year. That's from a study done a few years ago. Four million a year. Yeah, which I would like to say we supply them all, but we don't. Um, but we, you know, we have a very small percentage of that marketplace because most of the most of the extinguishers sold in the UK now are brought in from the, the Middle East or the Far East. So well, there's only two British manufacturers of fire extinguishers left of which we are one, and there's only one manufacturer in the world, as far as I'm aware, of composite cylinders, which is ourselves. Wow. Uh, are, are they global? Do you trade globally, or is it yeah, predominantly yeah. UK? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we supply to Germany, to Europe, across through into Holland. We supply into the Middle East. We've actually supplied some products into China. We've got products into India which I find amazing that all these countries are, are producing low-cost extinguishers and, and exporting them into the UK. But in those countries, they want British-made products. So they, they don't want their own products. They want our products. But here, unfortunately, in the UK, we just have our head buried in the sand with the cheapest chips and, and you know, the cheaper the better. But we don't make cheap products. It's just false economy. Um, we, we take pride in that. that we, you know, we manufacture British-made products to highest standards. And, and our customers applaud us for it. Wow, yeah. So just so we can understand the sort of problem then. So you effectively, you've got a, 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 you know, a metal-bodied fire extinguisher, and they last, well, they have to have a full service after uh, five years, don't they? So an extended service, don't they call it? Yes, yeah. They get serviced annually anyway. So a basic service is carried out annually, and that yes. can be a cost of anything from, you know, very, very uh, difficult to price exactly how much it is to, to have your extinguisher services of various various different types of charges. Yes. But on average, I'd say it's around about £6, to, anywhere between 6 and £10 a unit to have it serviced each year. Yeah, I'd say that's fair, yeah. And then at five years, on a water, foam and powder extinguisher, it has to go through an extended service, you, you're right in what you say, and that can be... Typically, in the UK, what happens is they don't discharge, test them, and refill them. They just bring a new one. So they sell you a new one, which goes in for another five years, and then the other one goes to landfill, which is, again, not very good for the environment and certainly not very good for the customer because they're, they're just swapping out extinguishers every five years. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Because one of the things with the extinguishers is very hard to recycle them. So although they're metal, you can't take them to a scrapyard because they're plastic lined, aren't they? Yeah, plastic line. Uh, uh, some scrapyards will take them, but but again, it's a pressurized vessel. So typically, they say you've got to take the heads off so it's you know, not dangerous. And there have been incidents with extinguishers causing injury to people. But um, the benefit, of course, with the P50 is that we don't have to do that discharge test every five years. We do it every 10 years. Um, and that's because of the makeup of the cylinder. Because the, the inner HDP bottle, it's not going to corrode. No need to check it. There's no plastic lining to come and detach from the steel cylinder. And the foams and the powders that we use are certified to last for those 10 years as well. It's um, a win-win for the customer and also for the environment. You know, if you look at our carbon footprint, we can reduce the carbon footprint of most organizations by having less engineer visits. I've got a P50 <laughs> fire extinguisher that I've had for probably about three years. Right. It's covered in mud. And uh, it's not it's not in my house. It's just in the back garden. Absolutely mint. I literally went up to it the other day, wiped it off. It's mint. There's 
nothing wrong with it. It's like it's brand new. They just don't corrode. When I was working in fire safety, the industry that I worked most in were holiday and residential parks in the UK, so caravan parks. And I don't know if you remember, Andy, but you used to have to have the boxes, the red boxes on the site. Yeah. There were occasions, not through any fault with the box, I'll be careful what I say, but there would be an ingress of water. I mean, ultimately, you've got a plastic box outside. It's very hard to keep it dry. And then you'd have two metal extinguishers sitting in water for 12 months, and then someone would come along and service them. Or when they service them, of course, they're going to have corroded, so they have to then replace them. And there's really very little you can do with the extinguishers. And what I, what was happening is I was going to sites and I was just seeing more and more and more fire extinguishers out on site. And having worked in that industry, I've never seen a fire extinguisher used. So it just felt like an utter waste of money for me, uh, for, for my clients. So I yeah. went, well, I, I need to sort this now. And I w- went down to the old FPA, booked myself onto a fire extinguisher service course, the, the, the BAFE course, went home. Bought all the stuff, bought all the gas, bought the regulators, bought, you know, boxes of O-rings and all the tools and everything. And then I phoned up my good friend uh, and I said, um, you know, I've got this service qualification now. I'm going to start servicing fire extinguishers. And he said, why? Just sell P50s. They're much better. And I saw it and went, well, that's that's that was a waste of two grand then. <laughs> I literally went, did the course, did all my stuff and just went, yeah, this smashes it. And then I started selling P50s because it was just it was just a better product for the end yeah. user. I don't know. Does that does that story sound commonplace? I don't, I don't know. That was my story anyway. Uh, yeah, I think I think it, it's becoming more common now. People are looking at it and thinking, you know, we've got multi skilled engineers who have always been reluctant, really, for uh, fire alarm engineers to touch extinguishers and vice versa. But I think the world that we live in now is more about getting people to site and then having one visit. So they tend to be more looking at fire extinguishers and the alarms. And and again, it gives a perfect fit for those types of environments where they're saying, well, you know, we can we can sell the P50 and then it's it's really easy for us. We can we can carry out the annual checks for the customers as part of our uh, service visit and so on. So yeah, uh, that is becoming more the norm and 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 again new people coming into the industry who've never uh, serviced fire extinguishers before look at it and think you know this is a lot easier approach it's a lot smarter for the customer yeah we've got a couple of guys that have come on board recently who have adopted that approach as well so yeah it is becoming more more popular definitely so the the, the issue that i had with with the fire extinguisher side is that for my clients they'd invite uh, a fire extinguisher technician onto site and then they'd get a huge bill at the end. And the bill would be, well, I've had to condemn half your fire extinguishers and I've yeah. had to replace them with what I've got on the van. And then I charge you for O-rings and tags and pins. And you'd look at the bill and you'd think, well, how do you know? You know, as a building owner, as an operator that has to have extinguishers, how do you know that these all needed to be condemned? And you just don't. And in many cases, they're condemned on something like, I don't know, it could, there, there were all sorts of cases where when the instructions are even slightly worn, you know, at the front, which is going to happen when it's in a when it's in a, in a red box outside, let's be honest, and exposed to the elements. And yeah. that was it, it's, it's a condemned fire extinguisher. And that was that was always the issue for me, is that, now on the building management side, when you invite a technician in, you, you know there is that feeling that you're just signing a blank check because you've got no ideas how much is going to be condemned and how much needed to be condemned. And this is one of the other reasons why I like the P50 is that it's just it's there for ten years and it works. You know, yeah, you've got the transparency on your costs for for the next ten years. It's fixed. That's it. That's what you're going to pay. You've got a, a ten year guarantee with the P50. So any issues and it's covered. And and this is this. 
amazes me every time I do it. But we do a um, cost comparison for all our customers. We offer this service. And, and we say, basically, look, you know, you know the price of our P50s. This is what we charge. And there's no discount. This is it. If you give us your bill that you're paying at the moment or the last bill that you had, we'll go through and tell you exactly how much you'll save because we can work out and identify when these O-rings need to be changed, when the tags need to be changed and so on. So we can plot it pretty decently. And we did this for Heathrow on how much they were spending. Yes. Now, I've got I've got one here, literally sat on my desk this morning I've got to do today. And, and the customer was telling me he was paying £4.45 for a service. And I'm saying, well, that's really cheap. You know, that, that is cheap. Going back to what I said earlier, between anyway, between £6 and £10 is the norm. Yes. So I said, send me, the, send me the invoice over and I'll have a look at it because that is really cheap. And I've got it sat here now and I'm looking at it. They've got tamper seal, plastic tamper seals. They're charging £2.10. This is on top of the four pounds forty-five, and you buy those off eBay for five pound for a thousand or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then they've got—I'm just looking—they've got extinguisher gauge test, which is two pounds twenty-two. Well, that is what that surely that is the, the service, service cost. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got a torque test. I'd, I'd love to see the torque test that they do because how do you torque test an extinguisher when you when it's a basic service? And again, that that torque test is a charge of one pound thirty-two. So is that uh, where they've taken like the hose off or something? Because you've got to take yeah. the hose off to service it. So what if they've done taken the hose off and then charged more money to put it back on? Well, well like, the torque, torque it up. I don't know. The only, the only thing you torque on is the valve. So unless you remove the valve of the extinguisher from the you body, you would do that. You would exactly. So. And they've charged, and this guy's got 19 extinguishers, and he's had 19 torque tests. Uh, oh, sorry, it's £3.54 they're charging for a torque test. So when you when you plot it all out, he's but yes, he is paying £4.45 for the basic service. But then if you add all of these charges up, and I won't go through it, I won't tell you exactly what he's paying, but he's charged for it for 19 extinguishers on this bill. It's £865.38. So um, divide that by 19... It's £45 an extinguisher on average. I mean, you could just buy new for that if that's what you wanted to do. That doesn't make exactly. any sense. Exactly. And that's, yeah, you know, there, there are a couple of replacements in this. That's not even the exact figure, but, you know, this guy is is royally being yes. ripped off for these prices, definitely. So And doesn't even realise it because it's all in the small print, isn't it? It's like, exactly. well, like, well, like you said. Yeah, actually, when we started talking and he got the invoice out in front of him, and he started, and, he, and he, I think the, the sort of penny dropped, and he was like, yes. "Wow, this is yeah," and this is common practice, you know. This is this guy's not on his own. Uh, we come across this very regularly, and we just tell the customer, "Well, look, this is what you do, and this is what you're being charged." So yeah, and that's that's another reason why the naysayers don't like the P50 because we we are transparent in what we tell people. Yeah, that's amazing. You used to hear so many stories. And one of the stories when when I started was that someone would come to site, they would condemn all the extinguishers and sell you all the stuff that they had on the van. They then take the condemned extinguishers home, wipe them off, put a new sticker on the back, and then sell them to the next site. Now, I'm not saying that I've seen anyone do that or heard of it, but it's it's a rumor. And I right. just think as a responsible person, it's very it's very hard to sort of disprove that or to say that that couldn't happen in the industry. And the other thing was, um, you know, it was the nickname Shine and Sign, you know, just a Shine and Sign merchant. Wipe the top yeah. off, sign the back, and then that's your, that's your five pounds. And I did, I, I did used to see evidence of this, and I did used to um, post that on LinkedIn, uh, particularly when I started with the P50s. And then I faced a lot of backlash from the naysayers. So uh-huh. 
one of the things they don't like you buying extinguishers offline because they say, well, it's got to be commissioned on site because how do you know that it's working? Which is very weird to buy something and then have to have a secondary test to make sure that it's actually working the way it was sold. That's very unusual. There's a story behind that as well, actually. And this is like 20 years ago, probably now. Uh, when the the first internet sort of shops started appearing selling fire extinguishers. So what happened was you never used to have to have the extinguishers commissioned on site as part of the British standard, which I, I need to say that the British standard that these guys all work to is a voluntary standard. Yes. It's a code of practice. It's not law as, as much as they'll believe, have you believe it's law. It's a voluntary code of practice. The law is the regulatory reform fire safety order, which says if you have fire extinguishers, you should have a scheme of maintenance. Yes, which we which we applaud and, and which we work to. But what happened with when the internet shops started opening up? They changed the standard, and these guys do it regularly. So they changed the standards to stop people buying them offline and just putting them on, on the wall. Now, so the commissioning came into line when the advocate of the of the internet came on board. And that's what they do. So, th- so these guys change this this code of practice on a regular basis to ensure and protect their income stream. Who um, wrote the British standard then? So, so there's there's a panel of members that are predominantly service companies who sit on these panels. Some of the big boys sit on there. I'm actually a, a panel member as well, but I tend to be the the lonely voice in the corner that objects to a lot of these things being introduced. But how long did that take you to get on that panel? Well, it was met with a lot of resistance for a number of years, and and I tried to get on via our trade association, and I I kept scoring a blank there. So we joined another trade association, Composites UK, um, and they managed to get us on there. So that was another issue we had, trying to get representation. And the Composites UK had had a very similar experience when it came to manhole covers, because they make manhole covers out of composite. Right, steel, and they they have resistance from that. So they was well versed in it, and and assisted us to get on there. But you know, so then the and the, the moment they just changed the they just changed fire BS five zero six part eight, which is a a commissioning standard, and they've just changed this now to say that you can't use water based products on live electrics, which is you know every test to the British standard. They every gets a certificate to say you, you can do so. We we test up to a thousand volts at a distance of one meter. It's common practice across mainland Europe. And some of these service companies who've objected to this and instigated this, this is really funny. So these guys have, have objected to saying, Oh, it's dangerous, which is absolute nonsense. Yet their sister companies across Europe sell sell the same products into their customers. So it's yeah, all only seems to be in the UK. So it must be something to do with the UK water, I would imagine. It's ridiculous. Well, like the hardness of the water suddenly means that the extinguisher yeah, can't be used on absolutely systems. ridiculous. They're, 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 these these guys, and, and it has to be said that these guys have, have pushed their own agenda here, but not for the good of the industry, not for the good of the end user, created ambiguity, but. You know, if you look at the whole the whole mainland Europe, this is safe. This is safe to do. So we sit outside the standard anyway. So we continue doing what we do. And I think these guys, they're just the the days are numbered, really, because people just get fed up with it. They, they see it for what it is now, and then just think, you know what, this is ridiculous. And when something else comes on, they'll change the standard again. They did it with the internet. They did it with the P fifties. They've done it with water mist products. Just if they can't, they want all they want to do is sell you two extinguishers 
service two extinguishers and at the end of the five years scrap two extinguishers off yeah absolutely and that was what i was going to say circling back to the thing about the commissioning i I used to see it all the time in terms of when you have a new fire extinguisher you've got the uh pressure gauge and then you've got uh, a little hole for the testing and that's where you normally put the like your little dot on like a little uh, green dot or something but it's normally got like a little clear clear plastic dot over it in the first place I'm, i'm guessing that's to sort of protect the gauge or the valve itself the gauge itself you used to find that left on there all the time because they're a pain to peel off they end up breaking your nails i know that sounds silly as a boat to say but if you're sitting there peeling those off 50 extinguishers you sort of know about it they're quite a pain to get off people wouldn't bother to peel them off so when they say that they've done like a pressure test on the on the gauge they clearly haven't done so this whole thing of commissioning basically means taking it out of the box and putting a label on it and charging another five pound 99 or whatever it is yeah yeah absolutely um, uh and adding you know whatever markup on the fire extinguisher themselves you know 10 20 percent or whatever it is and then i used to say to my clients that this is really frustrating like you're spending money on these things that you know that you don't need to I, I think my favorite was the residential caravan parks which are normally for like i think they normally say for the over 50s but you know they're normally for people that are in their 70s or 80s or even older and every residential caravan had to be within 30 meters of uh, a fire point right and I, and I was just sitting there thinking R- right so I've got the, if I'm doing a fire risk assessment now I've got this 87 year old woman she's going to run out of her burning caravan she's going to sprint 30 meters kick the top off the box grab a a nine liter water extinguisher so I don't know what that weighs like 16 kilos sprint 30 wow. meters back use it and then this was my favorite bit you have to have two in case one doesn't work i've bought a product but now you have to sell me two just in case one doesn't work and then so she's got to do that it's just it's never going to happen is it it just it just i literally i go to some parks and there'd be a, a firebox every five meters with two extinguishers in it i mean some some parks had over a thousand fire extinguishers that never be used would literally just sit there and rot and then get replaced in five years and swapped out and it just Something felt wrong about that situation. Something felt like it needed to change. Yeah, but unfortunately, the people that write this code of practice, that's that's how they make the money. So, you know, they, they if you look at fire ratings on an extinguisher, so so a fire rating, not don't want to get too complicated on this, but, you know, a, a typical nine litre water, as you just talked about, as a, as a typical nine litre water, has a 13A fire rating. Now, in the standard, it says that on a level floor, you've got to have a minimum of 26A as a fire rating. So that means you've got to have two. So so what we did when we developed the P50, we, we got a, the P50, the first generation of P50s that we did was a 27A rated one. So therefore, you only need one. So we've gone against the whole agenda of what these people are doing, of trying to sell you more, service more, and maintain more, and scrap more. And we've gone to say, no, we, you don't need two. You can have one. It's got the same fire rating. It will work. It's got a ten-year guarantee, and the, and that's where we get the resistance from all this trade. Say, oh, that's ridiculous. They're selling, selling less units, and the, uh, yeah, we are because we're looking at it from a customer's point of view, and they 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 don't see it from the customer's point of view. And this this code of practice, this voluntary code of practice, I say, is, and and I'm not the not the only one with this opinion. No, you're not. It is used more like a, a salesman's charter as opposed to a to a, a document that keeps premises safe. It really is. Or the standard says this. I mean, if you go back again a few years ago, 
there was an incident on powder extinguishers where one of the big boys, uh, who remained nameless, put some powder extinguishers into a church. I'm talking 20 years ago at least. And some kids got into the church they, they, and vandals and they discharged the powder extinguishers and it went into one of the organs in the church and caused an awful lot of damage. And there was an insurance claim and the insurance company sued the fire extinguisher company because they put these powders in and, and that's they were trying to blame them. And they won. Subsequently, the fire extinguisher company appealed and they won uh, against, the, against the, the, the findings. But that meant that then they changed the standard again. So they said that powders inside premises is, is a big no-no. Now, if you go to America, it's powders. 99% of every business has powders in there. And they say, you know, they, they, they can end your escape. I get that because it, it drops the... Um, you, you can't see you, you can hazard your escape because of the the power and visibility but, yeah but it puts the fire out of damn sight quicker than anything else so you know purely and simply because of this one action that happened they changed the standard and that's the power that these people have on this standards it's ridiculous it really is it is, it is amazing and actually just for anyone listening that doesn't realize how sort of challenging this industry is when i would find things like uh, as an extinguisher that someone's charged to be commissioned and they haven't removed that sort of clear plastic label uh, on on the gauge I would, I would post it on linkedin and i even started doing like a little video or something a bit bit of sort of self-promotion video on it and i'd be very careful not to sort of uh show a label it's not my intention to sort of name and shame but it was my intention to share some information in the industry that i worked in on one occasion i think in the background you could see the outline of a label from the company the video went live on linkedin and bearing in mind like i wasn't followed by a lot of people it's very niche that sort of caravan park industry um, yeah. i received a solicitor's letter the next day telling me to take it down or they were going to sue. And then when I started making videos about P50 and said, look, you know, this is what you, this is the answer. This is what we've been waiting for. Like, I, I see all these problems. This is something that's innovative and we'll solve that. Well, I was just inundated with LinkedIn messages from people who worked at, I'll be careful, different professional bodies or were influential within the industry, sending me all sorts of nonsense about, well, this has been rejected by all of the insurers. You know, do you not realize that this doesn't comply with standards and that you're now criminally liable? And, and I remember sending these messages to you and saying, Andy, have you seen this? Do you know this person? You know, uh, and so I guess that's the sort of person that you're talking about when you say the naysayers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, there's nothing we, we've not seen. I mean, one, one quick story was we, we'd sold some P50s into a, a company. And and this naysaying company went along and said, "Oh, you can't have these, and they can't, I need to condemn these, and so on and so." Forth. And you know what he did? He actually chopped the hoses of the extinguishers off. There was nothing wrong with the extinguisher, but he cut the hoses off so the customer couldn't use them. This disgruntled customer picked the phone up to me, and rightly so, absolutely, and and, and uh, brilliant that he did because he rang me up and said, "We've got this extinguisher guy here now. He's saying that these are condemned and so on and so forth. Absolute rubbish," he was telling him, and. He's, I've spent all this money with you on these extinguishers, and now he's condemning them. And I've got to go back to traditional steel ones. I said, well, no, you don't. He's, he's telling you lies. Put him on the phone. And this guy wouldn't come to the phone. But I said to him, well, no, he's, he's wrong. He's told you wrong. Um, I said, well, he's chopped all the hoses off now. I said, well, he needs to replace them then. You know, he had no right to do that. So to cut a long story short, this guy then called me up afterwards and said, 
I need to replace these hoses for this customer. Um, how much are the how much are the hoses? How much do they cost? And so it's the same price as an extinguisher. He says, yeah, but that can't be right. I says, no, we don't sell hoses separately. We sell them with an extinguisher. They're fitted in a way that they can't be tampered with and removed. You've chopped them off, so it's the same price as an extinguisher. So if you want to replace them, you have to replace the whole unit. Yes. And he was like, well, that's not that's 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 wrong. No, no, no. I'm not wrong here. You are. You've decided to do something dishonestly, so you can pay the price. So we sold him new units. He had to buy them reluctantly. He had to pay for them, and, uh, and we made him pay up front as well. So, um, which yeah, bad day for him. And I think he stopped doing it now. Um, it just seems difficult. I think one of you know, I I kind of understand. Like people have got to make a living, so they 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 sell fire extinguishers and and it's i think people have got to be aware that it's really their job to sell you more than you necessarily need but where i would sort of have real issues as a fire risk assessor is if i went in so, say you take like a small holiday park or something they've always got those little um like a little fish and chip outlet do you know what i mean you know the little ones mm-hmm. that you'd get on like a traditional beachside caravan place they've always got a little fish yeah. and chip shop and you look at the risks in that fish and chip shop and as a fire risk assessor i would say well the, the you know, the biggest risk are the deep fat fryers. That that's you know, that if there's a fire there, that's where your risk is. And then you look at the fire extinguishers that have been installed and provided and recommended by the fire extinguisher technician, and there'd be a wet chemical. Well, that that makes sense. That's what you'd use yeah. on uh, a deep fat fryer. But then next to it there'd be a water, a powder, and a CO2. None of which you would use in that situation. Well, now now you've caused confusion for your staff when there is a fire. Now you've actually introduced a danger to, in, in my mind. That would be that's my opinion. Yeah. So there there is this sort of element where I'm sort of like a, a little not not sympathetic, but having sort of worked in that industry a little bit, I can understand. Look, as a business owner, you it's your responsibility really to make sure that you you know that you're not getting ripped off. What is it like? Uh, uh, caveat emptor, isn't it? You know, it's like it's your responsibility to sort of know yeah. this if you're going to run a building. But at the same time, then if you do have a technician that comes in that actually starts introducing a danger into the buildings, that's when it would really annoy me. But but you know these guys these guys are, de- are deemed experts, so you, you would take them. You for have to trust. Them. Yeah, you give them the trust, and but and don't get me wrong, there are some really really good fire extinguisher companies out there that are, that, that are very very good and and will risk assess properly, and they will they will ask for the risk assessment. They'll work to that as well. There's some really really good ones. Absolutely agreed. Yes, but but also there's some not so good ones, and and but it doesn't take long for them to get found out. The not so good ones when they're coming in, like we said before replacing stuff all the time and big bills and stuff people are waking up to it now so but there are some really good guys out there who do a really good job and uh, you know i applaud them for that what they do but um yeah yeah absolutely so have all these challenges now gone because i see p50s everywhere now by the way if i go to pure gym in the morning p50s all over the country uh p50s in hospitals p50s in airports i i I see them everywhere all workplaces they just is that it all challenges now done and dusted and now the the p50 is absolutely flying that's what it seems like yeah i think it's i think it's getting less now i mean if you look at social media as as, as an outlet for, for advertising and people posting stuff as they do and, and that vexatious campaign we had from these people it was quite funny because what people didn't realize with social media is that if you comment on somebody's post then that accesses you to all their contacts we was getting phone calls from 
<laughs> from people who were really fired up against the P50. Uh, and we had one one customer, um, and it was a big customer, real big chain, who said, look, you really got this guy fired up. So he, whatever you're selling must be really good. Can you come and see us? And we did, and we went and we got the contract, and, we, and we're still rolling out to the number of their sites. And, and so it was great. It was great that I was doing it. But what happened was I went to a, a, an industry meeting, and one of the guys asked me how I was getting on with the P50. And I said to and I explained to him what was happening, and I said to him, you know, they don't realize that when they comment that they're giving us access to all their customers, and it's great. It's fantastic. And you know what, Pete? The very next day, it stopped. People stopped doing it. So the person I was talking to <laughs> must have got something out there to a lot of people in a very short space of time saying, for God's sake, stop stop saying stuff on his, on his post, whatever you do, your customers are accessing it. But uh, So, yeah, we still get a little bit of, of, of issues with it, but we just tend to rise above it now, let them get on with it. Absolutely. Like you say now, it's got to the point where it's like free advertising. But was there ever a yeah. point when you were like, do you know, uh i'm not sure about this anymore like did you ever face that much resistance that there was a question as to whether the you know the concept can continue no not really not really i don't think i got it made me more determined if anything that, that, that it would be a success and the hashtag that i use is that they they said it would never take off because all the all the trade was all it never work. it'll never work and it, and it has and and i always said at the beginning it won't be the success of the fire trade that will make the P50 successful. It will be the end user because they'll embrace it, they'll want it, and they have. And they'll say, this is fantastic. It's exactly what we need. And the NHS, look at the NHS. We're saving them millions of pounds a year in servicing costs, which is fantastic. So it goes back into the pot. They say airports. We saved Heathrow a million pounds. We saved Angry Water, 750,000 pounds, I think it was. Now, these are huge numbers, aren't they, for yeah, something that... Yeah to be honest, is never going to be used and you want it never to be used. You know, we engineer the building not to have to use a fire extinguisher. You know, yeah. it's, it's the last thing anyone wants to use. And to to be saving people a million pounds on something. We all want to protect our buildings, Absolutely. but we want to protect our people. Our people is the, is the key. And, and I always say to everybody, look at what the fire extinguisher does. It, if you have got a situation in any of your properties, buildings or offices, whatever it may be, and you need to escape that building and, you, and there's a fire in your way, that's what the fire extinguisher is for, to get you out. Anything more than a waste paper bin, you shouldn't be tackling it anyway. The, the extinguishers will do more than that, but in trained hands with proper PP applied, etc., that they will be able to be used. Get out of the building, just get out from the, from the emergency services and deal with it. But it is to aid your escape. That's that's what it's a first aid firefighting appliance. That's what it's there for. One of the things that I'm really interested in and why I started the podcast is because I'm interested in this uh, sort of idea of innovation and transformation. And I think we're at a really interesting time with that, particularly with the golden thread requirements. So in terms of digital transformation, I yeah. think the amount of data that we're going to have to manage now as, say, building owners or responsible persons. It's massive. It's it's just, I would say it's multiplied dramatically. And the most straightforward way to do that is with sort of innovation, this, this sort of concept of digital transformation. In terms of innovation then, based on your product and your experience, do you think that there are other innovative products out there in terms of fire safety that just can't get past this sort of weight of resistance absolutely so uh, uh, one that springs to mind uh, and they've had some success now and they've got into standards 
But uh, again, it's been a long journey for them. It's a company called Plumis, and they do a very clever water mist system for mainly for domestic premises, and they do do some commercial premises as well. But you know, it's it's a really clever piece of kit. Which instead of having sprinkler bulbs all over your premises, this has a and I might get this wrong, but basically a, a, an infrared camera that sits on a wall, it detects the fire and sends a jet of water mist to the fire to, to extinguish it. Really clever stuff. Very clever. Again, they've met opposition from the sprinkler people and they've had to fight and fight and fight. And this is probably the most innovative piece of kit. I've, I've seen, I've witnessed it work. It's fantastic. It's really good. But again, it's met with resistance from people who want to continue with the old this is the way we do it. This is how we service it. This is how we get our money and so on and so forth. But the Plumis guys have really developed a fantastic product. I applaud them for it. They've won some innovation awards as well, which is great. It's good to see. But anybody coming into the fire industry with innovation is going to face a tough battle. We were very fortunate that we got the experience to, to keep fighting and we knew what we were doing. But anybody new coming in, I think, would, would face tremendous resistance on anything you bring in if you're going to affect that cash cow of that regular maintenance coming around and, and so on and so forth but innovation i applaud it it's fantastic and, and anybody who, who's got ideas don't let these people ruin it for you just you know keep going and, and get yourself around like-minded people who can i mean the plumage guys we i talk to on a regular basis because we've both faced very similar arguments and, and my idea but yeah, it, it's good to have friends that you can talk to. And, you know, some, some of those dark days where you used to feel the whole world's against you, it's good to have somebody you can pick the phone up to and say, look, I've had enough of this now. You know, blah, blah, blah. and then they inspire you to keep going. Absolutely. Do you think it's the same overseas? Have you had that experience overseas? Or is it no, only the UK? I, I think, I think in, yeah, I think it's the, it's the UK that's, that's, that's the dominant one. We sell a tremendous amount of units into Germany. Germany is probably probably our best market. They embrace innovation. And we've had some great great success there, as we have in, in Holland as well, or Netherlands. It is difficult in the UK. And, and again, I go back to these people that sit on these committees that write this code of voluntary code of practice who you know they do very different things in mainland europe to what they do in the uk and you just sit there and think how hypocritical are you that you're doing this in other countries and selling them this way but in the uk no and that's wrong that is very wrong i think that's really difficult isn't it it's a really difficult balance because no one no one is going to sort of call for all these standards to go you know we've got these standards for a reason we've got this guidance for a reason but at the same time, if it completely stifles innovation and therefore hinders safety, it's got to be questioned. That there has to be this balance, and it's a difficult balance. But at the moment, you know, I think you've overcome that. Yes, I think I think we have. But we've had to sit outside of the standard to do it, and we still get the likes of Baif who have a position on it, and they say that this is their position. But look, let's look at what Baif are, who they are. They're an organisation that gains its revenue from service engineers being audited on what they do. So if it's going to affect their business if, with the P50. If the P50 was adopted across the whole industry and became the number one product, which I hope it does, but I don't think it will overnight. Um, but if it did, then these people are going to lose a huge amount of revenue. So they're fighting for that. And, you know, if somebody was fighting in my business, I suppose I'd fight for it. I'd fight fairly. I wouldn't fight by telling untruths or by... Um, Trying to muddy the waters is probably a better term to use, actually. We're all there to earn, earn a living. We're all there to make the world a safer place. 
and we should applaud innovation. We should embrace it and because things move on. You know, if you look at people that failed to innovate, Nokia, you know, every other Nokia phone years ago, I can't remember the last time I've seen a Nokia phone, you know, Blockbuster, Netflix came along. You know, these people who failed to innovate, Kodak, you know, the list is long, <laughs> where they failed to innovate and got left behind. Paid the ultimate sacrifice, especially blockbuster and bust. You know, it's 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 all about embracing innovation and working with it, not against it. In my in my eyes, absolutely. And I think the joke is, Andy, there's a I've probably got an old Nokia phone in a drawer downstairs, and I reckon it's probably still got battery. Yeah, <laughs> they never run out of battery, did they? Never, never. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I I think you're right. I think one of the things that interests me about innovation is the world moves on, so you have to move on in your industry around it. And one of the things that we've got at the moment that's uh, a particularly hot topic is uh, lithium-ion battery fires. Yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on that and where to go? I've seen that we have started to roll out products now in terms yeah. of uh, an extinguisher to deal with uh, a lithium-ion battery fire. But the videos that I've seen indicate to me that we've we've still got a lot to do. Yeah. I, I mean, again, standards drag the heels. In, in Holland, there is now a standard. I think it's MTA. 8135, I think something like that, uh, who've done a standard for portable fire extinguishers for lithium-ion batteries. Now, let's look at lithium-ion battery fires and, and, and the size of these batteries. So anything larger, I would say, than, a, than an e-bike, don't go anywhere near it. If you're looking at, we've had experiences of our customers, a big chain of, uh, one big chain of hardware stores had a, a lithium battery go off in their store and actually put it out with a P50. I don't know. If that was just by chance or not, I don't know. But um, but he did put it out. But laptops, iPhones, power tools, yes, I would I would say yes. Extinguishers, absolutely. You know, if you've got the right product, you'll be able to, to extinguish it or at least stop the spread, the propagation of the fire to anything else. But anything larger than than an e-bike, you are really facing a, a big, huge fire, and you know you need big wheeled units or uh, systems to, to do that i mean somebody was talking to, to the other day about a tesla catching fire can we have an extinguisher for it i drive a tesla but you know my tesla caught fire i'm going nowhere near it but i mean it's ludicrous to even think that you could put a portable extinguisher on it the toughest part of a battery fire is getting access to the battery itself because they're typically metal cased so you know you can get the agent onto the battery then you're onto a winning effort not in a car i'm talking about i'm talking now about scooters and um laptops etc you've got an access point you can get the the fluid onto it then yes you stand a good chance but you know some of these batteries give off toxic gases and and so on so you've got to be very careful what you're doing and again it's uh, as as always a portable extinguisher is, is is not to save your property it's to save you and get you out of that building or out of that away from that risk or at least bide you enough time to get away and away from that 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 danger but yes, there are there are products out there. We'll be we'll be launching a, a product very soon uh, for lithium battery fires in the P50 range. So we're looking forward to that, and which will be ABD, which is a vermiculite dispersion, water based. So it's eighty three percent water, seventeen percent vermiculite, and what that does is encapsulates the fire and and absorbs all those toxic gases as well in in the in the mineral. So and it's environmentally friendly. But again, advocating this for small uses such as laptops and mobile phones etc etc not not big teslas or any other electric vehicle 
<laughs> but yeah, small small items. Yeah, having watched the videos on these, they're pretty shocking, aren't they? When you watch them on YouTube, there's more and more coming out now. And I, I think it's definitely a concern and something that the industry is going to have to look at how we tackle in the future. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, there's something like... When I started taking an interest in lithium battery fires about two or three years ago, there was probably one one incident reported a month. But I think London Fire Brigade are doing something like about 20 a month at the moment. New York Fire Brigade, because you look at all these e-bikes that the, the guys like Uber Eats and um, Deliveroo, Deliveroo, et cetera, where they use, these guys are taking the bikes, they're modifying the batteries. They want to be out there longer earning more money. So they're coupling extra batteries up. And that, that's where the problems are coming from. It's not it's not manufactured batteries per se. It's where these people are, are messing around with them to try and gain more energy on the, on the bikes for longer periods. And in New York, they're having around about 40 fires a week at one stage. Really is crazy. So it is going to get worse before it gets better. It does need focus. It does need – and I know British Standards – uh, kite mark facility are, are just about to launch a kite mark scheme for portable extinguishers for smaller appliances which will be embarking on that journey with the p50 as well so there is a lot of people focusing on it and the fia are doing a, a great job on a working group that they've got but these things don't move quickly unfortunately but the fires are moving quickly we can't keep up at the moment so it, it does need more focus definitely Absolutely. So we've got uh, lithium-ion batteries on the uh, sort of extinguishers on the on the horizon. Um, yeah. Are there any other innovations coming out of Britannia Fire? Anything else we can expect to see in the future? Yeah. So we've got our P50 range now. Got a water mist range in there as well. So we've got the water mist. We've got the foam. We've got the powder. We've got the F class, and then we'll have the lithium batteries as well. So we've got a, com- a, a complete range now. We've also got PFAS free foams as well. So we've got our P50 Eco foams. So for those of you who don't know about PFAS, look into it. Sometimes if you Google forever chemicals, it'll bring it up. But this is in most extinguishers now. So there is going to be a ban. Uh, we just don't know when. But some talk about January 2024. It could be later. And then there'll be a, a period to allow you to, or we hope there'll be a period to allow you to remove these extinguishers from the marketplace. We've got a, a scrappage scheme in place at the moment. So we're saying to people, if you've got metal extinguishers and you want to swap them out, which you've got PFAS in, and replace them with a P50, we're doing a, a trade-in against your old units at the moment. So that's on, an offer we've got on at the minute, which will future-proof you going forward because you'll have a PFAS-free extinguisher, which wouldn't need a, a service every year, and it will allow you to get rid of those chemicals that are in those extinguishers safely by ourselves so that so that's that's been launched now so that's that's good but that that forever chemicals is in everything it's not just in fire extinguishers it's in washing powders it's in detergents it's in it's even in smoke detectors somebody was telling me the other day so everything's going to be affected by this by this van in some which way shape or form but it's the right thing to do because the cancer causing chemicals there's been big lawsuits in the states with some some manufacturers and there's a there's a film on Netflix called Deep Rivers. If you watch that, you can it'll give you an idea as to the the magnitude of this problem. It's huge, absolutely huge. Thanks, Andy. That's great. And you mentioned that that offer, that trading offer, the scrappage scheme. If someone's yeah. listening to this and uh, they don't know where to go to buy a P50, where would you recommend they start? Come to us, Britannia Fire. Uh, we've got a number of distributors as well. But if you if you just go to sales at Britannia-Fire.co.uk, then we'll we'll direct you to the right distributor or we'll deal with you your inquiry for you it's not a problem at all 
Good. That's cool, mate. Well, look, Andy, thank you so much. Honestly, I really appreciate your time. And um, okay, mate, brilliant. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the invite as well. Thanks, Andy. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye. When I think of innovation within fire safety, the first product I thought of was the P50 fire extinguisher. Ultimately, fire extinguishers are there to preserve life. In theory, we hope they will never have to be used. It surprised me when Andy said that 4 million fire extinguishers are sold in the UK year on year. And I really shudder over the environmental impact that this could have. I was also surprised when Andy said that the introduction of the P-50 into Heathrow Airport had saved over a million pounds. And I wonder where a million pounds could be spent elsewhere on fire safety to make better improvements. It's amazing then that a product that is so revolutionary and has so many benefits has faced such resistance from the sector. It was interesting chatting to Andy about the standards and the guidelines and I do have to wonder if those standards have been written to maintain the status quo and perhaps we need to look at writing standards with innovation in mind and perhaps a way to gain further improvements in fire safety is really to embrace change and innovation within the industry and not be so resistant to new and innovative products and ideas.